Warning, the Our Voice podcast contains explicit language and may not be suitable for listeners of all ages. Listener discretion is advised. to United Not Silence, the Hour of Voice podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo. I am the Communications Director for uh, Run for Congress 2018. I am joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. She is the Social Media Manager for Run for Congress 2018. LaDonna, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good. Extremely tired. <laughs> we'll get through it. Uh, We're going to need an IV drip of coffee before this campaign <laughs> season is over. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, a lot happened this week, uh, needless to say, <laughs> since the last time we talked. Uh, I, I almost uh, wanted to convene kind of an emergency podcast to talk about Charlottesville, but uh, just scheduling-wise, I don't think it would have worked out. But uh, So, we have plenty to talk about about that. Um, so, obviously, you know, the big news of the week was the... Uh, insanity of of last weekend in charlottesville with the fucking clan march and the uh, neo-nazi clan march on friday night with their tiki torches because they're super cool um and it's so funny because everything that people were warned would happen you know if trump came into office it, it's all happening i mean it's emboldening racism and all kinds of discrimination and um yeah, it's just, it's terrible. And it's just so funny, too, because they're, they're so emboldened, yet, like, the second, like, an Antifa person walks up to them, they, like, cower, like, like such a little bitch in the corner. Like, did you see that one video <laughs> of the guy who, like, that like some Antifa guys were chasing and he, like, ripped off his, like, polo shirt? He's like, dude, oh, no, 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 I'm not a white supremacist. I just, I just come here because it's fun. God damn, man. And, like, they walked away from him and he, like, started talking tough. Like, they're such bitches. It's unbelievable. Like... Oh God! It, it, they, they, you know what they're cucks is what they are. Like that's like their yes. favorite word in the world. But that's it's <laughs> that's such what they are themselves. Because they're like the biggest cucks on the planet. So um, <laughs> yeah. So they had their their uh, their rally on on or their their tiki torch march. You know, um, on, on <laughs> Friday. <laughs> oh my God! I I just I can't get over the tiki torches because it's so just so fucking lame. Like. Make real torches if you're going to try to be intimidating. Nothing I saw the less best in- meme about that. It was um, like a sign that that was put on tiki torches, I guess, you know, like at Walmart or something. I saw that, yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah like, <laughs> not for fighting for fucking... like attention racist assholes. This isn't for Nazi shit or <laughs> this yeah. is for barbecues, not dumb Nazi shit or whatever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was really funny. Um, so they had that on Friday night, and that I, I think that was mostly just attended by them, uh, but that got everyone's attention. So Saturday, when they had their actual, you know, rally, uh, which was all around, you know, them, them protesting the taking down of a Confederate uh, monument, by the way. Right. Um, which, I mean, most people listening to this, we don't have to tell, is something that's fucking long overdue. Uh, and, you know, it, it, if you think this is something about, you know destroying history or any of the bullshit that they'll tell you about or destroying their heritage. First of all, the Confederate monuments weren't put up after the Civil War, like immediately after. They were put up in the 20s during the Jim Crow era to intimidate black people coming back from World War One. Like, basically to say to them, just because we fought alongside you, you're still second-class citizens. Don't get any big ideas. Right. And, and they were also built, uh, most of them down south, especially... Uh, at the sites of uh, slave auctions, like, on purpose. Like, it wasn't an accident where they were built, like, you know. Yeah, uh, wink, wink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it's just, like, it, it's a, it's fucking disgraceful that they were up in the first place, and the fact that we've taken this long to take them down uh, is crazy, but luckily, uh, 
the, these fucking losers protesting it and causing all this shit uh, actually seems to have kickstarted the process because a lot of other cities now are starting to take initiative on removing Confederate statues. Um, yeah, and you know, I thought Baltimore was smart about it, like just doing it during the night, not notifying yeah. anyone, you know, like, no, we don't need a protest over this. There's no, there's not two sides to this. It's just wrong. Oh, Let's God, get rid yeah. of it. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about <laughs> President Fuckface's response to it, because I mean, oh my God, I, I just can't even. Um, so, you know, obviously the, 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 horrible atrocity to come out of Saturday was, was the death of uh, Heather Heyer uh, when she was run down. When she was killed by the runaway car, if you believe any of the fucking news <sighs> headlines that reported on it, you know, car, uh, car plows into a crowd and kills what, like, oh, really? The car became sentient? That that should have been bigger news. I'm surprised well, that wasn't more places. Like, Yeah, and, you know, also when you consider all of the legislation they've been trying to put into... Um, you know, basically make exactly what happened, have, make it legal to run over uh, protesters, then then you know that this stuff is, is planned um, and has been for a long time coming. Yeah, and it's just like, the press are so, such fucking cowards because they always are trying to seem impartial. And you know, the reason somebody like Trump can get away with saying that both sides bullshit is because the mainstream Democrats and the press do that all the fucking time. They, they, mm-hmm. they, you know, they equivocate. What the headline should have read is uh, deranged neo-Nazi plows into crowd of counter-protesters. You know, like, the, not, not, not car, you know, loses, or, you know, car accident kills one or whatever. The, there were so many <laughs> variations of, of horrible headlines like that. I'm just like, this is fucking disgraceful. Like, um, yeah, so, I mean... Well, you need to believe that they're, you know, unbiased so that you can, you know, buy the fact that they're, um, you know, not corporate owned, essentially, and not propaganda and all of that. Yeah, no, I know. So, so, and the other reason a lot of people were equivocating on it and now are backtracking because Trump started doing it, too, and they don't want to be associated, is because uh, mainstream Democrats in the establishment fucking hate far leftists, which was everyone that was at that event was, uh, almost everybody, I'm sure, was you know, far to the left of them at, at the very least. I mean, you have the DSA where it had a really strong presence there. Antifa had a really, really strong presence, uh, BLM. And these groups are all very inconvenient for the democratic party. They like to pretend that they're part of them, but, uh, they constantly do whatever they can to avoid actually having to give those groups a voice. So, right. um, and like Antifa, like a lot of, and I don't, I don't know if I'm pronouncing, it. I believe I'm pronouncing it right. Um, I didn't realize Antifa is actually not a new group. Uh, Antifa existed in Germany in the 30s, and they were exactly what they sounded like. They're anti-fascist. They they were a group that rose up to, uh, you know, they I think they saw what was happening there, much like we kind of see what's happening here, and they were kind of like a counterinsurgency to the Nazis, but once Hitler rose to prominence, he squashed Antifa. But apparently they popped up again in, like, the 80s to combat skinheads over in, like, Germany or, like, elsewhere. Oh. And obviously today. So it's really fascinating. I didn't know that. I was reading about that a little bit today. Um, so the the name has a long lineage. Um, and the tactics are, you know, similar. Just uh, opposing Nazism, fascism, and all of the horrible isms by any means necessary. Uh, so, and they say in there, you know, that they're a peaceful group, but they will fight back if uh, the Nazis or any of the, the groups that they're, you know, resisting against, uh, become violent. And, you know, a lot of people are of two minds about that, but I, I really have come around on that. I used to kind of think like, oh, that's not the best idea. We're supposed to be the peaceful ones, but I feel like they're really necessary because these people are so emboldened that they feel that it's okay to just like beat people with, you know, like clubs and shit, uh, like the, the, the Nazis do. Like, and cause <laughs> I mean the the fucking you know we, like we saw what the cops did. I mean the cops didn't do shit, and that's there's some real interesting questions about why that was. Um, well, and then there's you know there's inciting violence. There's you know being violent, and then there's fighting back. You know, which they're all nuances or different parts of sure, yeah, um, absolutely. You know, ways of looking at it. So I don't think we should be inciting violence from the left, but I genuinely don't think that that's the case. The challenge is, though, that, you know, I don't believe that 
the term alt-left or that the alt-left really exists. But if it does, it's it's basically the violent arm, you know, the, the more violent or the arm mm-hmm. of the left that's willing to be violent. And so that so, becomes the challenge. It, it's, it's challenging. But, you know, I, and I used to think like, eh, I, we shouldn't do that. We should be above that. But I, I really think for the protection of of our brothers and sisters who are out there, you know, as counter protesters, there needs to be a, a faction of our base that's willing to respond to violence with violence just as protection. Because like these people are fucking nuts. Like these neo-Nazis and these white supremacists. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, and it's maybe not a popular opinion. I, you know, I, there's a lot well, of I mean, the, a division the, on the left about it, but the thought has occurred to me that if there were to be a civil war in this country or, you know, anything like that, that, you know, the right basically is much more armed than the left is because we're, you know, a lot of us are (laughs) softies and pacifists and all of that. So that has occurred to me too. And there's also groups like, uh, I think Max, uh, uh, Sam's campaign manager was telling me about this group called redneck revolt who are, um, Basically, a militia, but like a progressive militia that show up to counterbalance the intimidation from all the right wing militias that always show up armed to the fucking teeth to these things. Wow, it's it's, it's, it's real interesting. Yeah, (laughs) I'm not opposed to that. Honestly, I I think I think it's kind of necessary just to. I don't know. I mean, I think we're in somewhat unprecedented waters with a lot of this stuff. So. Well, I mean, when you think about that rally and, you know, the the allegation that the police were somehow outgunned there, you know, our militarized police, oh, you yeah. know, who <laughs> go into peaceful places, you know, like Standing Rock, where people are holding, you know, prayer and ceremony and, you know, burning sage and all of that. They can go in there with rubber bullets and all sorts of other shit. But when there's an actual violent rally, they're suddenly outgunned. Yeah. No, it, it was very fishy. And, you know, I, Terry McAuliffe, you know, is, I believe the uh, governor of, um, of Virginia, he's, he's a questionable character. <laughs> he's, he's a very quite, he went into, um, announced that you know any of the the racists you know weren't welcome there and should leave the state and all that kind of stuff but it's one thing to talk about it and it's another one to actually make sure it doesn't happen like new york did where they just didn't authorize um one of the protests to happen yeah and honestly i don't i don't know what the right answer is i don't know if that's the right answer either because i mean we, we can look at boston today and they had this, you know, free speech rally, which was really not a free speech rally. It was a hate speech rally, which is right. free speech. I mean, you know, look, the Supreme Court said free hate speech is still free speech, and the ACLU has defended it. I think there's bounds, and I think if you incite violence or try to intimidate uh, in a criminal way, that doesn't constitute free speech. But, um, And the ACLU has actually revised their position a bit yeah, on well, they, that. Yeah, so. they said we're not going to spend our limited resources defending uh, violent Nazis, basically. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, so they had their rally today in Boston, their free speech rally, the Nazi rally, and like 20 people showed up on their side, and like 15,000 people showed up <laughs> on the counter protest. Just so, beautiful. Which, so, honestly, just like let them do their stupid little thing. Like, I think the one good thing about Charlottesville is that. A lot of people were like, oh, my God, I, I don't want to associate with these fucking people. Like, these people are, are, are fucking skinheads. Like, these people are Nazis. And well, and I wonder if in like, now giving all of these people more attention, like, you know, after Charlottesville happened, I saw these announcements of where all across the country, um, you know, more rallies like it were going to be happening. And I just went by average, you're giving them free advertising, you know, to, to do all of these things. And you're only going to attract, you know, more violence by advertising it. Just don't acknowledge them. Just leave it alone and stop giving them free media. But honestly, I don't think, you know, because when you, when you deny them their permits and things like that, they can cry that you're blocking their free speech. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's the right move. I think you just let them have it like they do today, because now that this has happened, and they've been exposed for the fucking cretins that they are, people are going to show up in in mass, like, tenfold. Well, and like, Sean to, to King protest did, them. I mean... 
Sean King online was doing a good job of highlighting that um, the the one black female that um, was responsible for in part taking down the the statue um, had been arrested right away, but the multiple people that had um, been caught on camera uh, bleeding, uh, beating black people who were present and, you know, beating other people who were present, the violent, the actual real violent people. Mm-hmm. I think there were, most of them still hadn't been arrested. And it had no, been no, a week, so. None of them had been arrested. Uh, yeah. Uh, I believe his name was DeAndre Harris, the guy that got, I'm sure, you know, if you were watching that stuff, anyone that you saw the, uh, the video of him, he was the guy that was getting his ass kicked in the parking lot by, like, six, you know, Nazis with, like, bats and shit. So, um, yeah, no, I mean, it, it, it's it's insane, the double standard. Um, and, yeah, by the way, totally support people ripping down Confederate statues, even if it's not technically legal. And uh, I totally support the public shaming and identification of any of these asshats that want to have their absolutely. little rallies. Oh my God, you know, absolutely. being reported to their employers and getting fired. You know what? <laughs> you yeah. deserve it. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Did you see that 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 whole thread we were all in uh, the other day on Facebook about uh, the 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 super anti-Semitic things that somebody sent to a member of our uh, our campaign staff and. Uh, I don't think I did see it. No, it wasn't. <laughs> well, well, well I'll, I'll send it to you later. But yeah, basically, uh, someone sent some... Oh, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really horrible stuff to a member of our... A Jewish member of our staff. And uh, Sam reposted it to, sh- to show what horrible shit this person was saying. And that person got fired from their job. So, you know, maybe don't say that the Jews deserve the gas chamber and you won't get fired from your job. Like, I don't really have much sympathy for that fucking person. Like, I didn't think that was a controversial opinion in this day yeah, no, to, right, uh, right. to go against that, but, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I just, uh, uh, yeah, and, and she was so offended that that, that, that he posted her, her DM to, to our team. By the way, totally not even friends with the person on our team, just DM'd her out of the blue because she posted something political. I don't know how she even... But she said some of the most heinous, horrible, you know, hateful Nazi shit that you've ever heard. And, of course, she's a privileged white woman living in New York, the person that sent these <laughs> messages. So, um, yeah, I don't it, uh, These fucking people. But, no, the, oh, so the one point I wanted to make about Antifa is uh, Cornell West was at the event on Friday uh, where the Nazis got violent. And they started hitting people with their tiki torches. like Because the, the, there were some counter-protesters there on Friday but it wasn't as widely publicized. But then after that happened, everyone was like, oh shit, let's go out to Charlottesville. Um, But the, uh, the, the Friday uh, thing, Cornell West was there with a bunch of like faith leaders and stuff. And he's like, look, if it wasn't for Antifa, we might be dead. Like they were protecting us. They were like kind of like a shield around, like around us while the, while the assholes around us were getting violent. Um, so I just want people to remember that. They're, they're like, of course, the right-wing media is going to try to portray them to be like these like violent thugs, but it's really not the case. Like, their whole thing is like, and I'm sure there's a few like people who just go there to kind of create like havoc, but the 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 purpose of the group is to defend you know people who can't defend themselves basically against these fucking fascist douchebags. So uh, <laughs> I I really have, I, I think they're a lot more necessary than people realize. Uh, so. Uh, you know, we, we were tiptoeing around it. Uh, the president had a statement on, uh, <laughs> on, on the events. <laughs> he had several statements. He had quite a few, uh, quite different <laughs> He still statements. couldn't get it right. No. So, uh, yeah. So, And I just want to point out that he has someone on his team making, uh, I think it was 174, 179,000 to manage his social media. And I don't know what, I want that job. I don't know what they do all day, but clearly it's not writing any of his statements. They they have the the, the paddle and the ball in the the, uh, office. They're just hitting it all day because clearly they're not allowed to actually do their job. Um. It's super annoying when your boss micromanages you and doesn't let you do your job, you know. Uh, yes. Not that I know what that feels like or anything. But, <laughs> no, so, um, yeah, he's just such a fucking idiot. So, initially he came out and was, you know, he he, he wouldn't denounce it for like three days. Uh, then he came out and he had that really rehearsed teleprompter press conference where he's clearly like, 
well, I denounce all Nazis and neo-Nazis. <laughs> like, he was so, you could tell he was just like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this. Like, this is ridiculous. Uh, so apparently he was furious about having to do that, according to all the leaks that come out of, uh, you know, the White House, because nobody fucking likes him. So he gets, that there's always leaks to the press. Um, so he went rogue. <laughs> so yeah, he went rogue. He called, he was like, I called an impromptu press briefing the next day. Uh, under the auspices of uh, infrastructure, I think. But then, of course, that was the immediate thing that everyone asked him about was Charlottesville. And you could tell he was fucking ready to unload. Like, he, that was the whole point of the press conference. He's like, well, let me tell you something. Let me, let me ask you something. This so-called alt-right, can you define it for me? And then they started to define it for me. He's like, wait, 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 let me... He's like, no, 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 I didn't want you to actually do it. Um, yeah, and then, he, and then he said the thing about, look, uh, you know, there, there was a lot of violence on, on both sides, you know, the alt left came charging at first of all, but I don't know if anyone caught this. He said charging at us with clubs at first, and then he corrected himself. But he did say charging at us. Um, <laughs> so you know <laughs> that just gives you a little clearly. Of his he knows which side he's on, yeah. And his mindset and the way he truly feels uh, that he he would say us, you know, in regards to siding with neo Nazis and and fucking white supremacists, but. Um, and yeah, and, and, he, and he said the alt-left. So now, the alt-left, for those of you that don't know, apparently was a term that was created by Sean Hannity, but uh, has seen a lot more mileage uh, from fucking horrible corporate Democrats like Joanne Reed and Joan Walsh and Neera Tandon, who use it constantly to smear anyone, uh, you know, half a degree to the left of them, which is most <laughs> of the Democratic Party base. Um, so... They use that all the time, and all of a sudden you hear him saying the alt-left, and uh, I don't hear people like Neera Tannen and Joy Reid using that anymore. But I hope they're fucking happy that they popularized that term and spread it, and it, you know, even though it was a fucking bullshit term and a smear to smear actual progressives in the party, because now yeah. you gave fucking, and Bernie, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Bernie, and you gave fodder to fucking Trump uh, by creating this fictionalized narrative that there's these alt-left, you know, violent wing of the devil. It's just so... This is just like the assholes who made up the, the chair-throwing bullshit story from the Nevada convention that people still parrot. The Tom Perez still fucking parrot sometimes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I just... They're doing so much damage to the party, and they just don't care because they're a bunch of fucking rich, selfish cretins who only care about advancing their corporate agenda within the party they don't care about the fact that they are insulting their entire base or the fact that they're damaging their electoral chances uh or smearing people and just blatantly lying they just you know they need to create this narrative that they're more and, concerned about gaining voters on the right than they are, yeah, no, they are genuinely i mean yeah i mean it's just but but they but you know a lot of the, the media and the corporate democrats use that all the time especially in past uh rallies like this which haven't been as violent uh but you know a lot of them have developed devolved into violence like the berkeley stuff that happened you know a couple months ago um and and the corporate democrats always go oh well both sides were out of line and antifa this and that but you know when you create that false narrative you give uh a gift to some idiot like Trump who's just going to take it and say, oh, yeah, well, look, even the Democrats are saying uh, that there's violence on both sides. Totally obfuscating from the fact that this is a fucking neo-Nazi rally and people were there, you know, to counter-protest and not you know, allow this to go on chat. I, I, just, <laughs> I just don't... I hope they're fucking proud of themselves for, for facilitating that because... Um, well, you know, Trump has a major fan now in David Duke. He's got his full support. Yeah. And so I guess, oh, uh, you know, and he wouldn't even denounce Klan support more than, I think it was like three or four times when Jake Tapper asked him. He's like, you know, I don't know anything about it. I don't it. know, I don't, I don't I don't know, know. the Klan. I've never heard of the Klan. Which, I mean, his, <laughs> wasn't his father or mother, you know, like a part of it? I mean, uh, um, yeah, I mean, he, it's just so, it's so absurd to, for him to say that. Like, he clearly has heard of the clan. <laughs> like, yeah. <I> <laughs> like, oh, God, I just, I can't with these people. I really can't. Well, and then there was Jeff Sessions, who, you know, thought the clan was fine until he heard they smoked pots. So. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's a bridge too far, I think, <laughs> unfortunately. But I just, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yeah, that was horrible. Uh, Jen Kirkman had some great tweets about it, by the way. Just Google Jen Kirkman Charlottesville. She's, she's you know, <laughs> spot on as usual in her fucking lunacy. <laughs> she she well, somehow found a way to blame progressives for, for a progressive getting killed fighting against fucking fascists. But, you know. Neera Tandon did finally say she's going to stop using the term alt-left. I doubt that the rest of the centrist Dems will let it go. No, but... no. Well, they, they'll, they'll just quietly stop saying it. They won't take any responsibility. Yeah. For the fact that they fucking did this, and this is the, partly their fault, but, you know. <sighs> um, <laughs> you know, so, and so I actually have a couple, of collect, a collection of a couple of shithead centrists who still found a way to punch left, when, even though the fucking, you know, progressive uh, wing of the party was out there protesting while they were sitting home eating fucking sheet cake or whatever they were doing. <laughs> um, so, uh, in response to the events, uh, Marcos, uh, Daily Coast fuckface, I can't say his last name, Mulatas, whatever, Mulitsis, uh, tweeted, uh, anyone still pretending last year's election was about economic anxiety anymore? I mean, outside of the alt-left, that is. By the way, he tweeted that after the Charlottesville protest, before Trump had said it. So he was literally using the term alt-left like a day before Trump was. So just maybe where it popped into Trump's head uh, or where it popped onto his radar. Uh, Neera Tandon, our buddy Neera Tandon from the uh, Center for American Progress, uh, tweeted, uh, we have actual fascists marching with torches. Maybe everyone on the progressive side should focus on the enemies of progress in front of us. Again, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, we're the ones out there fucking protesting and these assholes are using it as an opportunity to fucking punch left and smear progress. It's like, it's unbelievable to me. Well, it's, just, and I, you it's know, so shameless. And I think they fail to acknowledge that some of us can focus on more than one issue at a time too. But you know, they know so, that. That's you know, you like, want to make it yeah, all about, you know, race yeah. um, because of your supposed firewall in the South. <laughs> Go ahead. It's because but... it's the easy thing to do because the corporations don't mind that you, that you speak out for, you know, uh, right. social justice rather than economic justice, which really goes part and parcel with social justice. They just, they'll just never admit that because that would, you know, upset the donors. But, um, and then Armando Coase, uh, Daily Coast editor tweeted, um, the alt-left drew equivalence between Trump and Clinton, ignoring the racism and bigotry of Trumpism. Again, alt-left. So if you're wondering where, uh, President Shithead heard that, it's most likely from a corporate Democrat because they were using it all day on Saturday before he had his fucking press conference. So, you know, I, I just, uh, I, um, well, so that was, that was Charlottesville. Uh, but you know, Boston was really nice to see today because, uh, <laughs> it, it, it showed the alt-right guys for the cucks that they are because there literally were 20 of them surrounded by cops in riot gear in like huddling in like a little band shell while there was like like a fucking like woodstocks worth of people surrounding them like behind barricades you know totally drowning them out with their chants so it, it that was really funny yeah they're all see. like huddled under some gazebo yeah. <laughs> oh my god um so uh other big news uh this week uh steve bannon uh, Bannon's out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so shocked and surprised. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh my god. I actually am. I'm genuinely shocked because there was a lot of rumors that he was on his way out uh, for a while. I mean, he's he, for months they've been saying, "Oh, they're getting rid of him." But after the the disgusting press conference he had the other day, I was like, "Well, there's no way Bannon leaves after this," because like there was a lot of reports about how Bannon was so proud of him for standing up to the globalists, aka the Jews, even though he won't say that. Um, basically, he, like, he was like, oh yeah, no, he was, he, he thought that was his defining moment of standing up to the globalists in this presidency. So, for him to leave on the heels of that's really interesting, but... Well, uh, that's the thing, is that he himself says that he had actually left himself two weeks prior to when they... Uh, announced it or when it was that, found out. That, if that's true, then that's probably what happened. Yeah, I mean that. And I, I really think he he never fit in. He was a fish out of water from the get go. He's used to running a media you know outlet, not um, to understanding what it's like to be an insider in DC politics, and and it's very different um, being in DC and 
yeah. being a staffer like that. <laughs> well, it's really interesting, too, because uh, there were a lot of reports and a lot of Breitbart writers basically int- intimated that they were ready to go to war with this administration because uh, they feel this is kind of a betrayal of, of that alt-right base and that, you know, that wing of the party, uh, you know, the white supremacist fucking Nazi base. Um, so that'll be real interesting because Bannon knows where the bodies are buried. Uh, well, if you think about the, the fallout in this administration, you know, it's a lot of the people and think about who, who he even picked to be in this administration. People like Tillerson, you know, CEO of Exxon and, Others who are used to being in charge, even Priebus, you know, was used to yeah. being in charge of the RNC. And suddenly they have to listen to someone else who's, you know, I don't even want to insult bipolar people by saying that Trump is bipolar <laughs> because I mean, he's just insane. There's no real other way. Um, and so. Well, they quit or fired, gotten fired. I mean, like he's, he's, you know, <laughs> survivor, you know, White House edition. It, it's insane. Like how many people have, have left? I mean. Just off the top of my head, I mean, Sean Spicer, uh, Reince Priebus, Steve Bannon, uh, Corey Lewandowski, Mike Flynn, uh, <laughs> um, Paul Manafort. I mean, like, just all these, like, really key positions. I've never seen such turnover in my life. I mean, and it's, there's one common denominator, and it's Trump. And it's clearly, like, he's losing his mental faculties and pissing people off and pitting them against each other because that's just how he's always run, you know, that's how The Apprentice works. So he figures, ah, fuck it, let's try it, you know, in running the country. And turns out people don't like working in that kind of environment. Uh, so, And even Trump, I think, you know, he, I think part of the attraction to the role was not just having people at his own company listen to him or do what he says, um, you know, with the threat of firing, but, you know, thinking that he could somehow say that to the whole country, not understanding that, you're a public servant (laughs) Um, and that you don't get to, you know, fire anyone you want at any time for any reason that, um, you know, there's an actual order to things Um, for however much we want to criticize bureaucracy, there are worker protections and things in place. And so I think it's a surprise even to him. Um, Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, Yeah. And it's just really interesting because Bannon was always kind of, hated and he also hated the what he would call like the globalist wing of the of the administration like the um the jared kushners and the gary cones and anyone that was like more businessy rather than like fervent foaming at the mouth you know neo-nazi Um, Well, the only reason he hasn't fired Kushner is because he's married to his daughter. Yeah. yeah, (laughs) So we know that. And then, you know, part of the power struggle, I mean, supposedly it was between Kushner and Bannon and Priebus. So, you know, the other two are now gone. Um, And, you know, Miller, um, his communications person, he's definitely a yes man. So I think he'll he'll stay for a while because he just got a a fairly sizable promotion now yeah. um, and a lot more visibility. Um, and, well, and the thing is like, everyone's acting like this is a big victory and yeah, look, it's great that he's gone cause he's a horrible human being. Um, but that administration is still littered with fucking white supremacists and it, and it starts really at the top because he's, you know, white supremacist number one, but you still have <laughs> Stephen Miller who is just a fucking total chode of a human being. I mean, I, I just can't, you listen to him speak, you're like, oh my god, I, I, I see why he's such a douchebag, because I immediately want to punch him in the face when I see him and hear him speak, so I'm sure that's what happened to him all throughout high school. Anthony, <laughs> you know Donald Trump is not a racist. He had Omarosa on his team. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> so, um, you know, clearly that gets you rid of any, <laughs> any concern yeah. anyone should have. No, I know. And, oh, I, and yeah, <laughs> fucking uh, Sebastian Gorka, who is a fucking white supremacist lunatic who's also in his senior staff uh who i think said that the the mosque bombing that happened like last month or a couple weeks ago uh Mm -hmm. was a false flag or could have been a false flag he said that on cnn so he's he's a real rational person um so as long as those people are still around it not much is going to change on that front like 
actually, I saw it theorized online that that Charlottesville was a false flag, and that the uh, oh um, they checked the license plate of you know the the driver and said he was actually a, you know G four contractor. I don't even know what all else. So you know they <laughs> everyone's got a theory. Everything's yeah. a conspiracy. Everything's you know. <laughs> Fucking Alex Jones, where are you when we need? Oh, did you see? By the way, <laughs> he really should be hired next. <laughs> did you see that video of him today, uh, where he was like doing his usual screaming at the top of his lungs at the camera? But I guess he was like doing it while he was walking on the streets of. I, I think it was Manhattan, but like, it could have been L.A. I'm not really sure. Oh. Um, and some guy ran by him and like threw hot coffee on him. Oh my god! <laughs> and so he like started running after him and. Alex Jones runs exactly how you would imagine that Alex Jones would run. Like, just <laughs> flailing and psychotic. And like, <sighs> like um, It's super funny, though. You should definitely check that video out if you haven't seen it. And then he catches the guy, and I'm like, oh, shit. Like, because he is, like, a, a, a nut job. So I was like, oh, maybe he'll punch this guy. But no, he just kind of, like, like, huffs and puffs in his face and, like, doesn't do anything. So... You know, some people think that, that he's actually Bill Hicks um, that, that went through some sort of identity transformation. There's some similarities, I gotta say, but... There are some, yeah, but no, Bill, Bill Hicks was awesome. The, the Alex Jones is not awesome. No. <laughs> they, they definitely have been a pretty radical uh, transformation, but um, yeah, so I don't know. Oh, so, by the way, just on the Charlottesville thing. Did you see Romney's uh, tweet about it? He actually had like a really awesome tweet in response. To... I did. I can't remember what what was it. It um, was. I know it was very balanced and. Yeah, um... it was. It was actually like honestly. Uh, let me you know. Let me pull it up. I just want to. So he tweeted, uh, "No, not the same." Uh, this is after Trump's press conference, by the way, where he said the same. Like both sides are the same, basically. Right. Uh, no, not the same. One side is racist, bigoted, Nazi. The other opposes racism and bigotry. Morally different universes. So, you know, woke Romney apparently <laughs> made, <laughs> made a stronger statement than uh, 90% of the corporate Democrats immediately after that speech. So that's that's pretty interesting to see. I mean, you know, don't get it twisted. Romney's not our ally. I mean, he's still the guy say, All that makes me think is that he's planning on running for office again at some point. <laughs> he's still he's the guy that's going to finally win after, after comparing, you know, to everything to Trump, people will go, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll take Romney. Just, yeah. just get us out of this mess. He's still the guy that said 40%, 7% of the country are the takers. And, you know, exactly. But, um, I just thought it was really funny because like he had a stronger statement on it than most other, you know, the, the, the centrists who were trying to equivocate and be like, well, you know, Antifa's not great, but no, I mean, you know, he that was that was perfect what he said. Uh, so people were like memeing it out, and like there was a picture of Romney with like a bandana around his neck, and it was like uh, Mitt Romney masks up Antifa or whatever. It's just super <laughs> funny, <laughs> super fucking funny. But um, I love it. Yeah, that was really great. Uh, mittens. <laughs> um, but um, so. The so a couple other things happened this week. Oh, so you know the other thing I did want to mention about Charlottesville, Jeff Sessions came out and he had a he had a str slightly stronger statement than than Trump did. You know the the initial before the press conference, about you know, uh, like not tolerating racism and bigotry of any kind, which I just thought was fucking beyond laughable, uh, considering who Jeff Se Jeff Sessions is, basically a fucking Klansman. Um, right, right. You know, Klan sympathizer at, at the bare minimum said that the Klan, as you mentioned earlier, he thought the Klan were good dudes until he found out that they smoked marijuana. <laughs> because again, Jeff Sessions lives in a reefer madness, nineteen fifties nightmare <laughs> at every at every turn. Uh, they're 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 crazy reefer heads, I guess, uh, around every corner waiting to stab him in the face. Um, but. <laughs> The thing that made me crazy is I saw that, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, some press secretary wrote that, whatever. But a bunch of fucking, of, of the centrist, you know, the neolibs were all tweeting about it and, like, how great Jeff Sessions' statement was. And I was like, uh, <laughs> okay, just just wait, just wait a day. And uh, sure enough, a day later, he started talking about uh, how uh, these protesters, you know, the Nazi ones were so violent which is why he needs the IP addresses of 1.9 million people who uh, 
visited a anti-Trump uh, resist website and he was asking for their IP address, their personal information, their credit card information, like basically all the information on political dissidents to the president, people that went on this website before the inauguration. So, well, if he if they do uh, give it up, they're going to have my information now too. I went on there today to uh, disruptj20.org to uh, kind of see what it was all about, and um, it was interesting because one of the things they have on their page is a link to uh, the Disrupt J20 Twitter hashtag, and there was someone on um, Twitter that was talking about. Uh, DOJ secretly investigating Soros-funded Antifa protest organization. Hmm. So I don't know that it's true, but you know, someone out there um, thinks that it is. <laughs> hmm. um, but so, I just thought that was real ironic because I was laughing hysterically when I saw all these people tweeting about how good Jeff Sessions' statement was. Um, <laughs> it was just like, just wait. <laughs> so the other shoe is about to drop, and of course, a day later, he was using it to basically just collect information on political dissidents. I'm sure they're not going to use that for anything, though. I'm sure that was just for their own fact-finding. Well, um, I think if you go back to, you know, so this this organization, the whole, uh, you know, what it was saying it was trying to support was a framework for mass protests to shut down the inauguration of Trump, uh, planning widespread direct actions to make that happen, and then you know later announcing they were you know going to stick around for the whole administration. So I think this actually goes back to Trump being so pissed off at the you know the photos showing how poorly attended his inauguration was, <laughs> especially when you compare it to Obama. I think this is strictly his ego, um, you know, trying to go after and get revenge on anyone that he thinks. Uh, you know, made his inauguration less successful and, you know, therefore opposes him and probably should be jailed and tarred and feathered and worse. <laughs> yeah, no, I know, really. Uh, I, I just, it's, people are fucking lunatics and I, I just, I, I feel like with the second you, you try, uh, so the thing right now that Democrats are doing is they're trying so hard to find any ally they can on the Republican side who will say, we're not Trump and we don't support this. And it's so fucking dumb and short-sighted. It's so fucking dumb. You should be doing everything in your power to put the two of them side by side because ultimately they're complicit in all the bullshit he's doing until they do anything to show that they oppose him. Um, beyond just words. I mean, you know, by cens censoring censuring him in, in uh, the House or by... Uh, you just there's so many things that they could do voting against some of his bills and they've done little to no none of that and it's just like you're instead of them making Trump by. and yeah instead of letting Trump and GOP be synonymous that's your winning strategy for 2018 and 2020 but no instead they think that the right way is to try to say well no you know we'll we'll try to get over some republican voters that you know they're don't want to vote it. that way anymore yeah they're doing that they're still doing this fucking stupid strategy of trying to be republican light and it's like you idiots are giving away the biggest gift of all fucking time which is to tie this giant fucking weighty anchor to the ankle of the republican party and watch them sink to the depths and you're trying to rehabilitate instead the fucking images of horrible fucking war criminals like bill crystal and david frum and all these horrible motherfuckers from the bush administration who literally fucking helped facilitate war crimes i mean they make no mistake i mean you know like i said mitt romney you know is one of them he will likely be running again he will not be running to uh, put into play, you know, the Democrats' policies. Then he'll go full-on Republican, and so... <laughs> Corporations of people, my friend. Corporations of... <laughs> Oh, my God, I'll never forget that. That was the funniest line <laughs> of all time. Um, so, yeah, and it's just like they're, they're, they're trying so hard because, you know what, these guys are all fucking buddies, and at the end of the day, there's not a huge difference between Hillary Clinton and Bill Kristol. Policy-wise, I mean, there's just not. I mean, you look at, you know, people be like, oh, well, Hillary and Bernie voted 90% of the time on the same issues. It, it, that's really misleading. I mean, the, those 90% are a lot of things. That 90% is the Iraq War, is the bank bailout. It, it's a lot of really important uh, principled stances that she didn't make and that, that type of Democrat does not make and has not made in a long time. So I, it's just... 
they're, they're I, I would say they're being dumb, but I think they're doing it on purpose because they yeah they just really want to make that this one big kind of like conglomerate party almost where they're just like well <laughs> whichever one wins it's okay because we're all basically the same we all fucking love war and we love Wall Street and we love the banks and the military industrial complex and you know maybe we'll differ a little on social issues but really who gives a shit because the Democrats the Hillary Clintons of the world haven't gave a fuck about social issues I mean. Hillary Clinton didn't come around on gay marriage until 2013. I mean, like, they don't, do you think they really <laughs> care about advancing social causes? No, they care about it when it's beneficial to them, when the polls tick above 51%, and they're like, oh, now we should support uh, gay marriage or pot legalization, which they still haven't come around on yet, which is well Public over. position, private yeah. position, and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly, you know. Because clearly Bill Clinton had his <laughs> public and private position <laughs> on that one. Yeah. <laughs> The, and then the, uh, the the wealthier, unfairly uh, maligned in this country, or whatever she said in that Wilder Wall Street. Suit. I mean, <laughs> these cretins are just, uh, I, I, I don't know. So, yeah, that's the other thing that they're just not doing that's, again, a gift to the Republicans, because you're going to let them say, no, we were with you guys, and we opposed Trump, and he's not really a Republican. No, this is what fucking 30 years of, of their, their dog-whistling and fear-mongering has brought them. And rather than making them choke on it, you're letting them pass it off as if it's not who they are. And it's totally who they fucking are. It, it, this is Newt Gingrich, the shit he's been saying for 20 years. I mean, like, for them to try to pretend like this isn't them is, is, is just infuriating. But, you know. This yeah. all goes back to the saying, you know, that if elections mattered, we wouldn't be allowed to vote. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> if true. it really mattered, left or right. Or, you know, no, so true. <laughs> You know, we're only a matter of time until it's shown that uh, what even when we vote, it doesn't matter, and you know that everything is really truly controlled and hacked and all of that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I believe that absolutely. Um, and so, well, you know, we're going to be okay though in 2018 because uh, Obama is apparently ready to reemerge in fall uh, to help with the midterms. So <laughs> we're going to be in good shape. The uh, <laughs> Guy who presided over the Democrats losing a thousand seats in eight years—that that, that's going to really help out strategy-wise in the midterms. Uh, the only reason why they would even let him out is because they believe he has fundraising power. Yeah, <laughs> Let's which, be yeah, honest; absolutely. they're fundraising so poorly right now. That... <laughs> and like, look, Obama is still broadly popular, and I think a lot of people are still not fully aware of just some of the Republican shit he did while he was president, but. The strategy that they employed was such a selfish strategy that just totally took money away from the state parties. For him to be giving advice on how to win in the midterms is just <laughs> baffling to me. And I, the last time... I can, oh, yeah. Wait, where are you I can fault Obama for a lot of things, but I would still much rather have him than Trump. <laughs> oh, no, no question. I, I'd rather have Hillary Clinton than Trump. I mean, you know, I, I, I yeah. can't stand her, but I would rather... I'd rather have Mitt Romney than Trump. That doesn't mean I would, <laughs> I support him, you know. Like, um, so the last time Obama reemerged, in case people forget, is uh, back in February during the DNC race, where Keith Ellison, who was progressive but also had support of establishment figures because he's not too progressive, uh, he 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 knows how to get his mind right. Um, he, <laughs> he was the favored one until yeah. no, he he was the the absolute odds-on favorite to win. Uh, the race and he had support of Bernie and all the, and like all the progressive kind of senators and congressmen. And he also had support of like the establishment guys and like, you know, the Schumers and uh, John Lewis and like a whole bunch of establishment Democrats. So it's like, Oh great. This guy unifies both. He supported Bernie in the general in the uh, primary and then Hillary in the general He campaign for them both. So no brainer, great guy to lead the party had uh, great success in, in turning over his district and turning out people. It was like one of the lowest voting districts. And then once he started running and he really got his campaign out there, it became one of the highest uh, turnout rates in the state or something to that effect. Um, so that's a no brainer. Uh, but then Obama said, nah, he's too progressive. He's too close to Bernie. He supports universal basic income. He's yeah, out. No, he, he's out. Uh, so let's get a ringer in there and, and put in just this total fucking, you know, we can shake up a human being, Tom Perez. I, I just, I, he literally didn't even want to run. And Obama was like, no, you have to run. He was, he was, he was Obama's <laughs> labor secretary. 
The man has never run for political elected office in his life. Uh, never won an election in his life. He, he was appointed. You know, not they, that's how labor secretaries determine you're appointed. But I'm just saying he's never had aspirations to be this, like, inspiring political figure. And uh, when you hear him speak for five seconds, you understand why. Well, because DNC sounds... chair is not a real election either, as no, far as not, I'm of course. Well, Which is how he won. <laughs> But right. it, I mean, you hear him speak for five seconds. You're like, "Oh my god, this guy is just a cartoonish fucking muppet." Like, I don't understand how anyone thinks he can inspire anybody. And it was clearly, "Hey, I'm going to make sure we get this guy in here who's not going to be unfriendly to the donor class because Keith Ellison's coming in here all this big talk of reform and making sure the party stops taking corporate money and starts reaching out to the actual progressives that you know make up the the majority of the Democratic base." Can't have that. So uh, Obama personally put him in there and personally made phone calls to the super delegates who are the people that vote on the DNC chair. You mean saying, the people that are told to do what the bidding of the oligarchs? <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. And he 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 called them personally. And was like, hey, I need you to vote for Tom. Like, but it, like, just total fucking electioneering of 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 the of the party. And it's like, that's who Obama is. That's who he is deep down. As he serves Wall Street. I mean, you know, you can say what you want about the few accomplishments that he, he managed to get through in terms of some social issues. And a lot of those can be attributed to just years of activism and a president who wasn't opposed to them rather than him, him making this broad decree of like, hey, we should have gay marriage. No, that's something activists have been fighting for. And that finally got it to the Supreme Court after years of fighting. That wasn't some big victory for Obama. You know, he could take credit for it, but. I'm willing to give Obama the benefit of the doubt and say that he didn't go in, he didn't run, um, you know, to be the servant of Wall Street or, or any of these powers. But I think that um, you know, he was quickly told who his masters were <laughs> yeah. early during his time in office. And uh, well, he was sur- apparently willing to work with that. Well, when you surround yourself with fucking horrible cretins like Rahm Emanuel, I mean, what do you expect's going to happen? I mean, <laughs> Rahm Emanuel is literally one of the worst pieces of shit on the plot. Like, he is just... You know, the, the mayor of Chicago... Is he still the mayor of Chicago? I believe he's still yeah. the mayor. Yeah, he's just... Yeah. Oh, God. Just a horrible cretin of a human being. So, I, I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, so I'm, I'm not super thrilled about that because I that means, I think, a lot more, uh, you know, John Ossoff's, which is not good for anybody. Um, but... We'll see, I guess. Well, you know, there's more and more movement, uh, you know, within... It- People who, you know, used to be very loyal to the Democratic Party who are now saying, you know what, maybe the party that that can actually be infiltrated a bit more is the GOP. They don't have superdelegates and, you know, some of these other things that automatically override, um, you know, the voice of voters. And and maybe that's an easier one to co-opt. I don't know. Yeah, they probably wish they did have superdelegates last (laughs) year. I, I, I like that strategy to an extent. I don't think it's ultimately going to really work because I think you still, at the end of the day, most states have somewhat closed primaries and you're still going to need to win over Republicans as a progressive, which I think I think absolutely the right strategy is economic populism and progressive uh, economic policies to win over the majority of people in the country. But in an all Republican primary, I think that's really going to be tough. So I, you know, I, I hope it, I hope they do end up, you know, doing well, but that's, it's a tough road to hoe, you know, it's, uh, um, yeah. Well, where do you go when you realize that, uh, both the left and the right are, are corporate owned? <laughs> where do you go? <laughs> and systematically make it impossible for you to win an election as a, as an independent or as a green or anything else. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You really can't go anywhere because the whole point is to make sure you don't win and make sure that they get their, you know, their goons in there. Um, so if you're listening to this right now, make sure you yell at your parents and your grandparents for leaving us this fucking mess. <laughs> yeah, right. Really. <laughs> Grandma doesn't begin to sit back oh, easily God. for retirement. She needs to hear it from us. <laughs> no, they're still they're still yelling at the top of their lungs about about how violent the left is and all this other fucking <laughs> bullshit. I please. Oh, I won't even get into it. Um, so, um, just one, th- one more thing I wanted to talk about real quick is the uh, hilarious, just comedy of errors that was the, uh, all the advisory councils that, that, that Trump had. 
Um, so he had like some business advisory councils and, you know, I, people have dropped off for various heinous things that he's done. Uh, like Elon Musk left right after he uh, dropped out of the Paris Climate Accords. And Elon Musk got a lot of flack for joining the council in the first place. But he's like, look, guys, uh, I can affect more change from the inside than I can from the outside looking in. I, you know, this is not. I remember feeling that way, too. <laughs> Yeah, I was it's pissed at him. Time. I was pissed. Yeah. I was like pissed at. Oh, you mean feeling that way about affecting? Yeah, no. Yeah. I was, and like, and I was a little pissed at him, but I, I understood that logic. I was like, all right, you know, like maybe that's true. Maybe he's just trying to get lower taxes for some of his innovations. And I, I generally like Elon Musk. I think he's doing a lot of really good shit that our government's kind of slacked off on, especially in space exploration. Um, and solar, yeah. And solar, yeah. No, I mean, so look, he's doing the right stuff. So. Even if he is a bit of a, you know, you know, billionaire oligarch, he is at least moving the world towards the right types of technologies. So uh, that's good. Um, so, but he left after the climate accords. Uh, a couple other guys dropped off for some other, you know, heinous shit that Trump did. I can't remember. But after the Charlottesville thing, they were like, all right, this is not fucking good. <laughs> so like four of them quit in a day. Uh, and of course he started tweeting uh, about the Merck CEO um even though four of them quit and uh the merc ceo is the only one who happened to have been black from the four that quit so he started tweeting about him and how merc needs to lower their drug prices uh and all this which they obviously do but you know if only he was in some kind of position of power where he could maybe make some kind of decree <laughs> that would maybe force uh drug companies to regulate their pricing i don't know i mean i'm just if only you know. he was you know vocal about you know fighting for fairness on anything that didn't affect him yeah, know, right. if only that didn't that didn't affect his you know his ego but yeah so, so i was reading about this story earlier it says um this is a, a story that's on usnews.com and it says the frustrated members of the white house policy forum which included execs from ge walmart general motors boeing ibm and jp morgan chase um chose to dissolve the their advisory the country panel. yeah yeah, and so they actually had a conference call, you know, met at 11.30 a.m., and yeah. they all agreed to, you know, to get rid of this council, and then they called the White House, um, you know, and talked to Trump, and apparently Trump allegedly agreed that it was the right course of action, which is really just them saying, um, we're telling you we're dissolving the council, and him going, um, it was my idea, I swear. <laughs> you can't quit, you're all fired. <laughs> exactly, which is what he's been saying ever since. This was this was actually my idea. Oh, okay. Um, when Jamie Dimon, who um, is the uh, chairman and CEO of Chase. J.P. Morgan Chase, yeah. um, he was chairing the business roundtable. By the way, real quick, Hillary was also considering for Secretary of Treasury, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that would have yeah. been awesome. Um, that was on one of her leaked uh, lists. But yeah, yeah, keep going. So when Jamie Dimon is, is speaking out against you, <laughs> it's like he said, um, it is a leader's role in business or government to bring people together, not tear them apart. So when Jamie Dimon is telling you you've gone too far, <laughs> you might want to listen. Yeah. And look, a lot of these corporate guys are not doing it for the right reasons. It's just he, his brand is so toxic that they don't want to associate their brands with him anymore. But I just think it was so funny, his response and being basically like, well, you know, I fired. He basically was trying to play it off like he disbanded all these councils. Meanwhile, they all fucking quit on him. They, the councils didn't exist anymore because they all were like, look, we're leaving this year. A fucking monster, clearly. And we underestimated the depths of your depravity. <laughs> and he was well, like, and no. the funny part was the, the head of Merck, he said it was a matter of conscience for him. He was one of the first ones to announce it as a matter of conscience. And I thought. Wait, Merck wants to yeah. tell me they have a conscience? <laughs> show me when they're willing to, um, let's say, sell cancer drugs at cost or, you know, any kind of life-saving medications at cost or <laughs> yeah, no, that, you know, that, stop jacking up the price of prescriptions 600%, then maybe I'll consider that you might have a conscience. But until yeah. then, no. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. It, it is super laughable because... I, pharmaceutical companies are literally the most heinous fucking actors on the, in, in the country. I mean, they, you know, I deal with them on a regular basis in my job and it's just like every, like people like hear about the Screllies or like the uh, Mylan, you know, with the EpiPen, but they all fucking do that shit. They mm -hmm. all buy out drugs and corner the market and jack the prices up on stuff that's already been researched and already been around for 30 years. It, it's just, they're all heinous, heinous human beings who have no fucking empathy or sense of, you know, 
responsibility to the country. So, yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't trust them super. Um, but yeah, it, it was just real funny his response. Uh, he <laughs> he also tweeted today about the about the uh, Boston thing. I, I forgot to mention. Uh, he initially tweeted. I'm not sure if he's like like multiple personality or if there's somebody wrestling <laughs> his phone away from him and tweeting in between his tweets, but Yes, uh, there is actually. Those are the scheduled tweets that his probably his social media <laughs> team actually does. And anything that, that sounds remotely sane, you can pretty much confirm wasn't done by him. So initially when the protests happened, and by the way, super peaceful, just like thousands of counter protesters, like twenty alt right dudes huddling in a band shell somewhere, you know, like it, it was very peaceful, but it was super funny, uh, the whole the whole scene. Uh, so he tweeted out, and there was no, no real violence. Uh, looked like many anti-police agitators in Boston. Or looks like many poli- anti-police agitators in Boston. Police are looking tough and smart. Thank you. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he even needs to compliment cops' appearance. Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> when it's foreign I, heads of state and, you know, women uh, who look like supermodels, that's uh, one thing. But... <laughs> so then he tweeted, uh, great job by all law enforcement officers and Boston Mayor Marty Walsh. Uh... <laughs> so then his next tweet, it took him three tries to get right. Uh, I don't know if you saw this earlier, but he tweeted it and then deleted it because there was a spelling error and tweeted it and then deleted it because there was another spelling error and then finally got it right. Uh, Our great country has been divided for decades. Sometimes you need protests in order to heal and we will heal and be stronger than ever before. So that is almost totally contradictory to the shit that he said (laughs) mere minutes before. Um, The funny thing, though, is he initially wrote, Our great country has been divided for decades. Sometimes you need protests in order to heal. H-E-E-L. Uh, and be stronger, or, or, uh, and we will heal, H-E-E-L, again. <laughs> like, like the heel of your foot. Yeah, yeah, heel. Twice. Yeah. So it wasn't just like one <laughs> typo. He did it for, twice in the same sentence. And then apparently he made another typo and deleted it. So yeah, it took him three tries to get right. That's that the fucking idiot that we have running our country. Doesn't know yeah. the difference between heel, as in heel the foot, and heel as in heal the sick. Wharton business graduates, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, right. I, I was really worried, wondering about the uh, credibility of Wharton after that one. <laughs> um, and then, right after that, he tweeted out, I want to applaud the many protesters in Boston. <laughs> I, I, I just can't get over how fucking schizophrenic these tweets are. I mean, I, I, I just want to applaud the many protesters in Boston who are speaking out against bigotry and hate. Uh, our country will soon come together as one, exclamation point. He literally tweeted, like, divisive anti-protester shit, like, 30 minutes before this tweet. Like, what is happening in his brain? Like, I don't understand. Like, if you want to be a psycho, just tweet that stuff. But it's just so weird. I I, I don't know. (laughs) I don't either. I mean, honestly, you know, if he would be so smart if he just listen to his team, you know, just put out, even if it was just the, you know, the, the major, um, you know, talking points and, you know, just not even current events. If he just did the bare minimum on social media, he would be so smart (laughs) compared to (laughs) if he lets himself tweet or if he's allowed to tweet even once a day. I, I mean, the only, the only intention or intelligent thing that I think can be a part of it is that it distracts us from all of the horrible devious shit. It, you know, it's a fairly yeah. insignificant thing, a tweet and it, you know, it'll send people into a tailspin all day. Um, that's the, as a tool of distraction, that's the only logical reason why you would do this. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's genuinely that smart. Um, yeah. but who knows what the hell was going on in that, that just absolutely feeble brain of his, but, um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's who's running the country, because, uh, Democrats couldn't beat that, so just always remember that <laughs> whenever we talk about it, that the Democrats couldn't fucking beat that idiot. But they're offering a better deal. <laughs> they are offering a better deal, uh, you know, <laughs> leading with their values and offering a better deal, uh, about, you know, modernizing, uh, the workplace for the 21st century and all the other john ossoff like talking points within the better deal platform so that that that's super exciting 
can't wait to talk about that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so uh, that about does it for me this week. Uh, do you have any recommendations uh, this week? Anything you want to even reading or listening to or watching anything like that? Not really. I'm actually catching up on Heroes, which I never saw a long oh, time ago. Well, um, yeah, that's a good show. It's a season. <laughs> I, I hear it gets not as good later, but I uh, haven't gotten that far yeah. yet. So. The first season is one of my favorite TV, like seasons of any TV show, and then it's like, yeah. oh my god, this is fucking horrible. Like it, 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 the second season I think got cut short by the writers' strike, and they kind of never recovered. Yeah. Um. So there's some cool stuff in the second season, but it's real downhill. I think from the first season. Well, it's kind of like the show Once Upon a Time, where they they wind up trying so hard to make everything uh, interweave, you know, characters, you know one another, they're all connected and everything, that they wind up going too far. If they let some things be a little separate, I think it would be better, but... Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, it, it's interesting, though. Yeah, I'm, But now uh, I'm walking around thinking that everyone needs to have superpowers and feeling like I'm being watched by an invisible eye at all times. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, nothing right. wrong with that. I probably am in this day and age. Um, yeah, I don't have anything political uh, to recommend this week. Um, go listen to the new Brand New album, if, if, if anyone likes Brand New, or even if you don't, super good. Super weird. Do you, uh, do you listen to Brand New? Or not really? No. They're they're good. They're they're like a alternative band from uh, the two thousands. They kind of started off as like like emo or pop punk, but they became really weird uh, and experimental. Like and like really, it, it it it's hard to really describe what their style is now. But uh, kind of like Manchester Orchestra, if you've ever kind of listened to them, they're not too far oh, yeah. far yeah. off from them. They they're, they're kind of like buddies with each other. The two bands. Um, yeah, they, they, their new record came out and it was like a super surprise release. They just like released it without any fanfare. Hmm. So that was awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. Make sure everyone checks out our voice initiative.com and, um, isn't it.org? Oh, wait, .org. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know our website. I'm fired. I'm yeah, fired right. our voice initiative.org. <laughs> it's been a couple months since I've done anything with that. I'm just, <laughs> Yeah. that out or share it um but yeah our initiative.org and they have um a blog and regular writing and content yeah oh and uh we should probably mention go to uh roninforcongress.com if you want to uh you know check out the platform volunteer donate any of that stuff uh just keep up to date with sam uh on what's going on any kind of events we have coming up so uh, again, that's roninforcongress.com. Uh, that's roninforcongress.com. And, uh, yeah, we will catch you next week on the Our Voice Podcast.